0: Hey everybody, this is Connor Lynch, producer of the Yellowbird Connect podcast. This week, you're going to hear from a very special guest. This week, Pat is talking to Brent Daniels, host of the Wholesaling Inc. podcast and professional wholesaling coach. Brent's got a ton of knowledge and experience and a ton of great things to share with you. They had an awesome conversation. Let's get straight into it. The main reason we started Connect is to give everyone the opportunity to do what I did we wanted to, be able to offer the real estate community, especially locally, something new, something that was fresh. And if we can help a couple people change their lives through this education, just one person or two people coming up to me saying, man, that was awesome. Like what you put on it was great. Then it'd be a huge win for everyone. If you've gotten any value at all from this Yellow Bird podcast, make sure to like, subscribe, and rate us on iTunes. All right, welcome everybody. You're on the Yellowbird Connect podcast. We're on episode 18, and we are really excited today to have the TTP King, Mr. Brent Daniels here with us today. How are you doing, Brent?
1: I am doing phenomenal. Let's go. <laughs> let's let's bring some energy to this podcast.
0: Let's hey, I'm so excited to this
1: video. Let's go, man.
0: I'm so excited to have you because you are so the uh The energy that you bring just in your podcast, I watched a couple podcasts with you just to kind of prep for today. We met briefly at uh, Asheville, North Carolina at a wholesaling event, and that was the first time we met. I saw you talking up on stage and the energy you brought to that whole room uh, was just awesome. And that's a huge part of wholesaling and doing this in general. Um, Starting off, could we get just a quick, just to give us context, your background, kind of where you came from and how you ended up here?
1: Yeah, sure. So I have been uh, just an entrepreneur since birth, I guess. You know what I mean? I've never had a regular job. Right. The only thing that I've really done. So in college, my parents converted their three car garage into a gym and I would train like young athletes and moms. Right. That was my thing. And then from there, in college, I got my real estate license because I read "Rich Dad Poor Dad." So you you read that and you're like, "Well, I need to learn about real estate because you have no idea about it." And you and you quickly find that getting a license doesn't really teach you how to do deals. It just kind of teaches you the mechanics of how to represent people. But I did that for a while until I got to the point when I, I I found that sourcing opportunities in the marketplace was where the big profits were and where the big, I mean, you talk about the energy that I have. We're the luckiest guys alive. I mean, wholesaling real estate, flipping houses, like being in this business. I mean, there's nothing better. I mean, today, literally today we could have a conversation and it turns into whatever, 20 grand, 30 grand, 40 grand. So um, yeah, just from a, just from, from that perspective, I was being an agent representing people for a long time and it was, that was like having little mini bosses. Right. And it was just driving me crazy. So just naturally I wanted to get to the point where I was being an investor. I was sourcing opportunities. I was like, creating my own schedule and uh, and that's what wholesaling has done for me. So I started out door knocking in, in good neighborhoods that had some older properties and I, I got a deal and then I got another deal and then the first 25 deals that I did, all I did was drive for dollars, get the phone numbers for the homeowners, call them up. And see if they would consider an offer. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of the synopsis. I mean, obviously, there's more trials and tribulations mm-hmm. and successes and wins and highs and lows in that mix. But for the most part, um, you know, I, I, I got to the point where I discovered that sourcing the opportunities was where the power lay um, or lies in this business. And since then that's been the focus, you know, that's, that's what I've got. I've built a team around it. I've built an unbelievable, uh, team to be able to do that. And so now I just, um, you know, I teach people how to, how to pick up the phone and make calls and talk to people. Awesome. Uh, yeah. you mentioned,
0: you mentioned rich dad, poor dad was a big <laughs> influence on you. Uh, similar background for me. Cause I actually went to Kings point merchant Marine Academy up in New York played rugby, same as Robert Kiyosaki did. And he spoke to us my senior year. It was his first time back speaking at Kings Point. And that planted the seed for me. I'd be lying if I said I was born entrepreneurial. It kind of developed in me as sure. I sailed Merchant Marine for 10 years and hated my life a little more each year that I was out there. Sure. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that book is amazing if anyone hasn't read it. Um, so that's I, I like hearing your story. Uh, I um, What you mentioned before, And another podcast I heard you in was the importance of mentors and mentorships and uh, that they're important because you're trying to build a wholesaling business. Hang out with people who have done it before. Why rewrite the book on it? But I thought to myself, you know, the the blue book on trying to build a wholesaling business is postcards, print ads, get your returns. You kind of took an opposite direction with that in that you are very much against postcards, you are very much calling TTP banging on doors. So you scaled the talking to people individually in the, in the, uh, banging on doors rather than doing what everyone else said, which was send out postcards. Yep. What, why would you, instead of doing the proven model of postcards do this other route? What well, made couple, you do that?
1: A, a couple of different things. First off, I had no marketing budget. Right. So when you don't have a lot of money to spend on marketing efforts, especially if you're in, you know, some of these bigger markets where they have people that spend a hundred thousand dollars a month in, in in direct marketing, you know, you just get swallowed up. So there has to be some other way. So I, I quickly discovered that to find these opportunities, to find these wholesale deals, to find all these off-market, you know, nobody knew about properties, really, there's there's three ways. One, you do the marketing, right? You spend the money, you do the marketing. Two, you wait for referrals from somebody, right? You become the guy in your market, right? Agents know that you're the guy. Uh, Family members know that you're a guy. You kind of, your sphere of influence know that you're the guy or gal that you bring really rough houses to, or you be proactive and you go out every single day and you start having those conversations with distressed property owners on your schedule, which that was always my that was always kind of my personality and it was always my uh, and it was necessary because I just didn't have the budget for it. So I was like, okay, here we go. Let me, cause the, the, the collab, the economic collapse just crushed me as a young man. I signed on for an office lease for this huge building to build a real estate brokerage and to do all these things. And I signed a personal guarantee on it. Well, what happens is, when you sign a personal guarantee and you don't pay them, they sue you, okay? (laughs) So there I am, I'm 28 years old at the time and I have a $742,000 judgment against me, right? So what happens is, they do these things called um, asset checks, right? Where you go into the attorney's office and you have to like show them what assets you have and you can't lie to them, you can't hide things. So like forever, I've got this like burden on me that that I can't make any money, I can't buy anything, you know, I can't buy assets, I've got this judgment, you can't even buy a house, you can't get a mortgage, can't do these things, you know? So I had to fight and claw my way to settle that debt, first of all, which we did. We started out negotiating that debt at $2,500. <laughs> it ended up a lot more than that. But you know what? It, 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 it gave me the foundation to go out. And I think a lot of people, maybe even listening to this podcast, they start out, they don't have huge budgets. Maybe they have a full-time job. Maybe they have some in savings, but they, they don't want to risk throwing you know $5,000 out in marketing and hoping wow. that it works. Because what happens is it creates crippling anxiety. I better make a deal. I better make this happen. I better, de- I hope I get calls, all these things. And, you sound and, desperate. Of course. And, and, and you have that like, um you know that uh, assignment fee breath when you walk in the house you know what i mean you're just like looking to get that stuff and 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 it really it really affects your ability to make a connection with people and see what their problem is that you can solve so you know just being from a proactive standpoint one you don't the the barrier to entry is very very low and two it's just you can this this whole business boils down to really one thing and that's having quality conversations with distressed property owners. That's it. So if you can control it, if you could do it today and talk to 15 to 20 today, you're gonna, you can't lose. You're gonna build it up to the point where you find that right person that's gonna trade their equity in the house for speed and convenience. And and that's when we lock up the deals and sell them to our cash buyer database.
0: What, what I love about what you guys are doing with TTP and just Wholesaling Inc as in general is that the information you put out is so practical. Yeah. It's, not, it's not just a bunch of fairytale bullshit. It's very practical. I meet with people every week that are looking to get started, wholesaling, flipping, all this. And my conversation with them has completely changed since I saw you and David Lecco speak in Asheville, whenever that was in October. Now, yep. what I tell everyone that's starting to get into is, here's what you do. Yep. First of all, I give them HOA neighborhoods that I buy in, say, knock on these doors. Also, um, drive around, get a list of houses that look vacant. Wait, wait till you get 500, 500 names or 500 addresses, put them in batch skip tracing, call those numbers. Yep. That's what I tell every single person. Do you, would you have anything to add to that for someone that has no money in Jacksonville, no budget, looking to get started?
1: I love it. Well, it's a beautiful blueprint. And here's the thing, the, the quicksand of our business is people starting out get stuck in information, education, and entertainment, right? They love all those dudes driving the crazy cars and taking private jets and sipping on bubbly and doing all this stuff, and that's fine. It's entertaining, but it's not gonna get you paid. Education, knowing the process, understanding the paperwork, knowing what title does, all these things, you're putting together a business card and a website and all this, it's a distraction. What you're talking about is you're giving people instruction. And that's the whole way that Wholesaling inks built. That's the whole way the TTP program is built. It's giving you instruction for you to do these things. It's not long. It's not crazy. It's just go do this and be successful. Not look at all the stuff that I know about this industry. Look at all this stuff that I've done that's so creative. I'm this genius, blah, blah, blah. It's all bullshit, like you said. What, what it really comes down to is – Quality conversations with distressed property owners. How do you want to do it? Do you want to buy those conversations? Do you want to earn those conversations, or do you want to wait on those conversations with referrals? It's your choice. You got three. You got three roads to pick. What do you want to do? How do you want to build your business? And the people that want to build it proactively, they naturally find me, and uh, we fire them up. Yeah, we put some. We we, we give them the path.
0: So. That's I mean, that's great information right there for anyone that's getting started. They can either just listen to what we just talked about, listen to what you just said, and literally go out there and start today yeah. talking to people. That's what I love about it. Um, a little more kind of advanced question I had for you is uh, I heard you on a mock phone call with somebody and then the price of the house, Zillow says it's worth 150 I want 120 yeah. Um Recently, an issue we've been having is that call will come in. I need one. Zillow says 150. I'd take 120. No room in it whatsoever. I kind of put it to the wayside. I'll follow up with them in a couple months. Don't go the, on, on the appointment, even though they want me to. Right. Then I see it a couple months later from a wholesaler trying to sell it at 95. Yeah. What the hell? They must have got the contract at 70. Face to face with someone, and everything changes. So, how do you? how do you negate that? Are you going on every appointment now? No. Are there some you're, you know, are you just cutting your losses with stuff like that? Or how are you dealing with that?
1: Uh, a couple of different things. So first of all, uh, in every conversation that we have, we confirm and approve what they're saying. We want 150. We know it's worth 150. Okay, great. 150. Yeah, that sounds great. You know, but just to let you know, we're buying homes in the area for around 70,000. Is that something that you could work with? No, I could never do that, blah, 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 blah. Okay, well tell me, let's talk about the condition of the property. So what, what what every the filter that we do for everything, and this is all over the phone for the most part, sometimes they want us to come to the house because of whatever reason, they want a whole group of people to meet with us or have a conversation or whatever. But for the most part, we filter it through the four pillars of pre-qualifying, which is the condition of the house, their timeline to sell, their motivation and their price, right? If we can get those four things, man, we are like head and shoulders above, we are gonna go lock up that deal. So when it comes to some of those people that say, this is what I need, we'll peel back the layers a little bit, asking them about the condition of the property. If all of a sudden they start telling us that it's run down, that it's beat up, that there's some issues there, we will go on any appointment if the house is destroyed because they have two options. Sink a bunch of money into it or sell it to a cash buyer. That's it. That's their only options. And most of the time they don't have enough to throw into it, right? Uh, enough uh, capital, enough money to, to be able to fix it up. So we'll, we'll go in those properties. But if it's a nice house and they want retail, we say, well, just list it with an agent. we get rid of that. You know right. what I mean? Very, very, very rarely do we buy a property that's moving ready. Right. We don't. We go after, and, and, and that's for a reason. You know, We have an average, we make 27,000 an assignment because we go after properties that need a lot of love right? They need a lot of, of, of this. They need what we call a tasteful remodel, right? Yeah.
0: Let me ask so, you this. Uh, you're going to a house, you, get a, you, you see, you think it's worth 150 once it's remodeled. It's in rough shape. So your number is somewhere between 60 and eight, 55, 80, something like that. Yep. Your acquisition managers, is their offer going to change if they know the seller is calling every single person in the state of Arizona to get an offer on that house? And how do they handle the situation differently if they know that?
1: Yeah, we just don't compete, honestly. So what happens is that with people that that reach out to a bunch of people, they say, well, email me your offer or leave your offer with me. We're not going to do that. Just let us know what the best offer is, and we'll see if we can beat it. And sometimes that works. Sometimes it doesn't. But oftentimes what you find is you have somebody that's either inexperienced or somebody that's buying for a different reason. They're buying to, to live there, or buy to hold it, you know, and if they can pay more, they can pay more. You know, we're not, the, 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 the exciting part is we talk to so many people that we get consistent lead flow because we go for the people that will actually do business with us. I think a, a big mistake a lot of people make is they focus on every lead mm-hmm. and they don't understand that most of those leads will never do business with you. And you're just running around and running around and running around and they're getting you to jump through hoops and come to the house and talk to them. And then they kind of like stiff arm you a little bit on what they really want for price or when they want to sell, or I don't really need to sell, but I want to sell. like all these things. Right. So we look for the people like my acquisition managers know within 30 seconds of a conversation, if that person's going to do business with us, right. if they don't in my market, there's, they've got, they get 15 letters a day. Right. Right. They get 12 texts a day. They get 15 voicemail drops a day, right? So I mean, they've got opportunities to bid out and see who's going to compete with each other. We just don't play that game because the margins get too thin and we get beat out every time. It's just right. we just don't compete that way. Yeah. Got it.
0: So stick to your numbers, don't chase anything. Would be your advice on that. 100%.
1: Yeah, people do, people do business with us because my acquisition managers emotional intelligence is off the charts most of these people they they have a price in mind if we can get it then they'll then they'll they'll sign a contract and we set up advanced agreements with them you know before we go to the house we ask them you know if what we say makes sense and you feel comfortable and confident moving forward with us is there anything stopping you from signing the paperwork tomorrow no Yes. This is what will stop me. I need to run it by my attorney. I need to go. I need, uh, my brother to, I need to talk to my priest about it, whatever it is. Right. Like everybody has these kind of bubbles, but I'd rather know that going into the appointment and kind of set up those advanced agreements. Got it. Yep.
0: So another shifting gears a little bit, uh, another real hot topic, especially here in Jacksonville right now is open door because they just, they just got to, uh, they just started in Jacksonville probably six months ago. Sure. Um, I talk to a lot of sellers who are also, you know, if I talk to a seller that is like, well, I'm also going to get an open door offer that in my mind right now is, is a complete throwaway for right. me anyway, because I've seen open door offers and I've compared them to mine, not even in the same ballpark, right. 25, 30 grand off every time. Have you guys but at the same time, Open Door is only buying newer, kind of move-in ready stuff. So, yep. have you felt the hurt at all with that? With you guys, and have you been using them at all, maybe for your exit strategy or anything like that?
1: So, Open Door Phoenix was their pilot city, right? They've been here know for that. three. They've been here for three years. Right, so they've been doing this for a long time here. The other one, OfferPad, which will be coming your way soon, <laughs> they are from Arizona. Like they're all here, but they look for things that are cosmetic rehabs. Those those right. don't have the spreads that we're looking for anyway. They don't go uh, after properties that need a significant amount of rehab. They're looking to turn them fast and they're looking to make six percent on it. So right. you know, from that perspective, we just don't we just don't play in the same arena. You know I what couldn't I mean? Agree more. I couldn't
0: agree more with that. They yeah. they are buying very thin though.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: and uh, I I tell people on the phone if if you are willing to take a little less than market, I think Open Door offers a great option for people. I yeah. really do. But they are buying thin. Do you see? Do you see them lasting?
1: Um 5 yeah, years from now I mean, is open doors. If our economy is like an accordion, as soon as that accordion starts squeezing back in, they might have some problems, which they have enough capital to hold those properties like a uh hedge fund would and then just rent them out, right? And do something there. So, I don't think that it, you know, that they they go under, but with a good economy, the the wind in their sails, then, right. then yeah, they'll do fine. You know, I I just I don't even, it, I don't see it as competition. I don't see the other wholesalers as competition. They're either going to work with us or they're not. I look at everything, right? So I look at our, our market. We've got a million and a half houses. Well, the statistics say six to 10% of those people are going to be in distress of some sort, whether it be personal, whether it be financial, whether it be the houses just beat up. We've got a conveyor belt of terrible properties that need love. You know what I mean? If I do, a hundred of them a year? Business is bananas, right? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yes. if you look at the fractions of that, that's saying that, like, literally, like, 75,000 houses out there have the potential to sell at a discount. I mean, I need a drop in the bucket. That's
0: why you're so successful, though, is because you have that abundance mindset. All I see on Facebook now is Jacksonville real estate agents. Oh, my God, the end of the world is coming. They're screwing homeowners, blah, blah, blah. When you actually look at the numbers, that is not the case. No. That's not the case at all. And we've actually... We we're we don't solely wholesale. We close on a lot of stuff, yeah. and Open Door has been a phenomenal exit strategy for us oh, yeah. um, on houses because they're paying these guys are paying close to retail. So I mean, either ride the wave or because you're, you're not going to fight it. Um, yeah
1: I, they're a great cash buyer. I, I don't see them as anything different. We've sold houses to them for sure right you know I mean some of the ones that are a little bit you know they they're not as, as trashed as most. I mean we don't we haven't sold a lot maybe a handful but that's that's when we stumble into something that doesn't need a ter- tremendous amount of rehab and they start loosening their guidelines as they need more properties as they get more capital right. that they need to buy. so before they weren't buying anything built before like 1990. Now it's like 1960 if they can yeah. fix it. Yeah. You know what I mean. So yep. um, yeah, it's just not. Yeah, they're 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 a great cash buyers. Sell your deals to them. Yep. You know? Absolutely. Yep. I,
0: another part of your business, other than just the, you know, you have offer Arizona, but uh, TTP and the the coaching and all that is a comp- and everything you're doing on Facebook with your podcast, your social media. That is a completely different side of things. Yep. Um, I've, we've recently started with our new rebrand, Yellow. It used to be just me and my partner with our heads down in an office just buying. And yep. it, we had no team, no anything. It was just us two. We decided to rebrand, do this yellowboard thing, podcast, video, all that. You seem to be crushing all of it. But I know from experience now that podcasting, you taking time to talk to me right now, takes you away from buying houses, from right. profit profit exercises. Um, so how have you been able to balance everything and how are you working it now? What does your team look like? What are you doing there?
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, the the only thing that I do in my business is make sure that my people are getting good quality leads and that's it. Really, it comes down to list selection and making sure that the, the machine's running and, and checking on the numbers as they come out. Maybe ten hours a week in the wholesaling business. The rest of the time is is for the coaching, the TP program, which is my passion, and um, and working with the this, 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 the students that I have and putting out uh, what I hope is quality content. So you know you, you you have to look at your schedule. We have 168 hours in a week, man. Like if you sleep eight hours a day, you still have another 100 what 12 hours to be productive and do stuff and be around family and friends and business. We got plenty of time. This is a priority management thing. So what are you doing with your time? You look at your time and then you just, you you, you start segmenting when you wanna do things. So like uh, Alejandra's here in the office with me. We'll do our videos. We'll do the videos for the week on Tuesday. Boom, we have all the videos ready to go. She edits them, she gets it going, boom. It's a two hour block in in my day and everybody's like, Oh, you're putting out so many videos. How do you have <laughs> the time to do it? You just do it. It's right. two hours a week, right? And then every student in the TTP program gets my cell phone. They can, we can, they they can text me or call me anytime.
0: Wow, that's impressive. And
1: so when they, yeah, but most of the time it's a text telling me that they're doing great things or that they've got this deal or they need to jump on the phone. We jump on the phone. I mean, it's it really. I think people. I think the the issue is people put on like a certain hat. And if they're in, uh, I got to buy houses hat right now and I can't have everything else and everything else is a distraction, then then they're going to have a problem. But if you can go, hey, I'm buying houses, wait, let me put 15 minutes into doing this, boom, done, you know, whatever, it doesn't take that much time. 15 minutes is a long time. Most conversations I have with students are like five minutes, 10 minutes, right? right? So, I mean, I think it's just, what are you passionate about? I feel right. I feel like I'm the luckiest guy on the planet to be able to be in wholesaling and to be able to coach people on how to get deals by picking up the phone and having quality conversations with distressed property owners. So I think if you're passionate about it, if you've really got that burning desire, then it's it, it's just, it flows, man. You falls. guys
0: are huge into the massive imperfect action. I yes. know that's that's one of your main mantras. Is that the is that the same route you take with your social media with your videos? What do you go into every video knowing who you're talking to, knowing what the goal is with it, or are you guys just dumping out content uh, as much as possible to try to grow the program, grow the TTP, grow the wholesaling ink program? Well,
1: the, the fortunate thing about talking to students around TTP family members around the country is they have different questions. So a question is you know something that if it keeps coming up and then that's something to address. So that's what I'll go with. I mean, we have a plan in mind, but most of the time it's just ripping and running, you know, just, just getting on and doing the work and, and, uh, not even work, just making videos and having fun with it. You know, I have Alejandra who like does everything. So she does my social media. She's a, she does acquisition. Uh, she's an acquisition manager and she runs my driving for dollars team, uh, with the deal machine app. So, uh, among, countless other things. So I think it's, you know, I've got a disposition manager that builds my cash buyer database and sells all my deals. I've got two acquisition managers and I've got a lead manager. So my lead manager makes sure that all the leads are quality by the time they go to the acquisition managers, the acquisition managers there to get the contract signed, give it to my disposition manager, sells it. I get a wire into the account. It's a beautiful day. What are we talking about? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> We're not building pockets here. I think people think that this is something that they want to build into franchises or they want to expand into you know, multiple different markets and make millions and millions and millions and millions. But I'll tell you what, the absolute dirty truth of this business is there's maybe a handful of people around the country that net- net personally a million dollars in their bank account a year and i'm telling you they keep their business lean 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 in quality and they look for the bigger big biggest deals that they can these people that are doing it in multiple markets and they're doing multi-million dollars the the, the average uh net is like 10 of the business 20 on the business i mean come on and it's a headache so, you know, I think that this business, the wholesaling business, is simple. I think if you want to get into and, and progress into lending money as a private lender, or you want to do more flips, or you want to be a do these apartment syndicates, that's a whole different thing. But wholesaling? Wholesaling is so easy. Have quality conversations with distressed property owners and match it up with match these distressed properties owner with a with a great cash buyer. That's it. Don't overcomplicate it.
0: Are you a big, uh, are you a big gold guy, goal guy, Brent? Um, or are you more massive action
1: type? That's it. You know, I, you know, just, so I did this challenge last year, 52 books in 52 weeks, right? Read a book a week about business, about a business person, about mindset, about all these things. And I came away with a few things. The, the biggest thing was your income is determined by the value you provide to the marketplace, right? So if you wanna make a million bucks, you gotta find a way to make a million dollars worth of value, right? So if that if you focus on that, that's the goal. The goal isn't the million bucks. The goal is how do I provide a million dollars worth of value? Right? How do I build that up? That is huge for me. So I think, you know, from a goal standpoint, do we write down and do we have specific goals? Absolutely. Do we break them down quarterly? Absolutely. Do we talk about them all the time? Absolutely. But uh, from from a from a financial like perspective, it's just. How do we how do we make sure that we're providing the value and 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 if we're not providing value how can we change courses quickly and make sure that we can get to the homeowners the way that we need because everything changes in this business nice. six years ago if you sent out a thousand postcards all of a sudden you have twenty thousand in your bank account right now you send out a hundred thousand postcards you might get you know a few deals I mean it's it's bananas
0: it is we're I mean. Full disclosure on us, we're, Postcards is our main driver right now, uh, just because we haven't got off our ass and really got a call center going. We just sure. haven't done it yet. Um, and we're at probably about $7,500 per cost per contract yep. from two years ago. It was 3000 Yep. So yeah, it's yeah. it's just skyrocketing. Um, yeah, and,
1: and and homeowners. I mean, we've we've had such a, a an unbelievable like um, strong economy for the past. I mean, even since the downturn, we started kind of coming up, but since like 13, 2013, two thousand thirteen, it's been kind of like ticking up, right? And people know that the that the economy is good. People know that they sell their houses for more. People know, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And when they have multiple people coming at them and saying, "Hey, I want to buy your house." The, the most common thing is, what's going on out there? Yeah. Why does everybody want to buy my house, right? Right. So it just, yeah, it's interesting. But the more people you talk to, the more you run run across people that don't care about the money, which is really, really interesting. You run across these massive deals where all of a sudden they say, hey, just give me this amount and it's yours. Are you sure? Like, really? Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> I want you to make a bunch of money. I just don't want to deal with it anymore. Right. It, is it few and far between? Sure, but it happens to us every quarter. Every quarter we do a deal that's over fifty thousand. Every quarter. Right. Yep.
0: They're out there. Um yep. You you mentioned also a year ago that you kind of big on mentorships. You got a mentor to help you with your rental portfolio. Mm-hmm. Has that been a big focus of yours? Is the ultimate plan to kind of take the money from wholesaling and build this portfolio? Is that has that been a uh, a project for you lately?
1: Uh, So number one was I wanted to pay off everything, right? Mortgage, uh, student loan, my wife's student loans, the uh, cars, everything. And we had a significant mortgage on our house. So gone, feels great, right? So just like everything, you know, I learned uh, from a book, uh, The Financial Matrix, which is a fantastic book. I suggest everybody read it. But having personal debt, is essentially financial slavery, right? You work, and you work, and you work, and you work, and you're just paying off interest, right? Yeah, you have these things, and you have freedom, and you have all those things, but you're, you're still, from a financial standpoint, you're no better off at the end of the year, paying off all this interest all the time and working all this and, 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 and having to make more because you buy more and all this other stuff. So I decided to wipe the, the, the slate clean and you know, after taxes, you, you have a certain amount of money left, a certain amount of cash that you can pay off debts with. So I made sure to do all that. And now I'm on a buying spree, you know, just buying up. Uh, I've been buying a lot of land actually, which is interesting. Um and um, and just building up building up the uh, rental portfolio and paying all those off, I would rather buy, and, and I 'm weird, like <laughs> I, no, I yeah. am, and, and it 's something that Tom Kroll and I, you know, the the owner of Inc. Yeah. In, in Florida there, something that we talk about a lot is we could take the cash that we make and buy dozens of houses. but the only time you see people that have re- a, a good amount of, of wealth lose it is debt so we would prefer to buy properties free and clear free and clear free and clear clear, not have to worry about it not have to worry is the renter going to cover this mortgage if not what happens there's turnover oh my gosh what's happening so it's a slow build but i've got i had a, a a fantastic probably the the world's greatest uh mentor in michael jake who's out of colorado springs that is just a genius when it comes to making sure that you don't buy stupid properties And he basically said, you got to buy properties in good school districts. You want to be around 75% of what the median market price is and keep people in there as long as you can. And I think it's a smart, smart, smart play. I think if you own a a ton of houses or even a a nice stable of houses in good neighborhoods with good school districts and you pay them off, I mean, come on, what are you doing? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So phenomenal.
0: I I really like uh, just kind of wrapping this up. I really like all your thoughts about mindset. I think I'm a big believer that mindset and what you think you can do that. I mean, that's everything. That's why you're where you're at because in your mind, you knew you could do it. You didn't see it as a massive challenge. You just went out and did it. Um, You read 52 books last year. Can you just share? I mean, that's a lot of information. Can you just share a couple key points that shifted, that shifted your mindset for the better. I'll tell you mine, that, that I, I read a lot also, big into reading mindset books. Yeah. And mine, uh, I was working on drilling rigs before I came off and did this. My, my girlfriend got pregnant, uh, I had a daughter, and they were like, okay, well, come right back to work. I was gone eight months a year. And the big shift for me was that this life is so short, and in the grand scheme of the universe and everything, Everything We're all going to be dust one day. It's yep. very, very insignificant. So why not do the best you can and be happy while you're here? That was my main shift. It's like, I'm going to spend half of my life on this rig being a miserable piece of shit. Why not just give this a shot? Whether yep. I make $2 million next year or whether I make $5,000, no one cares at uh, all. Why sure. not just go for it? That's my, that keeps me humble every yep. day, knowing how insignificant it all is. Um, and that was my biggest mind shift. And it really helps me every day drive yeah. drive to what I want.
1: I love it. Uh, yeah, yeah. You're, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I love it. I, I mean, it really, it's really interesting because, you know, when I really started making significant income, I thought that like everybody would just be like, oh, Brent, you're so awesome. <laughs> like everybody in my family and my friends, nobody gives a shit. Nobody gives a shit. Nobody it's cares. crazy. Like really, like nobody's yeah. like, Brent. Give us advice or Brent, well, how can I do that business? Like, nobody cares. Like, hey, bro, what's up? Here you're doing well. Like, okay. You know what I mean? Nobody really, nobody really cares. So I think you yeah. got to really do it for yourself. I think that uh, a few things, uh, a, a couple books that I'll point out, I think that are really important. Uh, the Go Giver, number one. Uh, I read that book. I've read it over 60 times. It's phenomenal. It'll cement your mindset into providing value and knowing how this whole thing works. So I think that that little book like really lays it all out. Um, there's a book called Versatile Selling. Now, I'm not big on selling books or, 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 or sales books or whatever, uh, but this one's really good at understanding different personality types and how to communicate effectively with them. It's a super dry book. I mean, it's super dry, but it's not big. I mean, it's this little... It's this little book here, but, uh, you know, I highlight the whole damn thing because it's, it's, it's phenomenal. And uh, it'll help you understand uh, different personality types. And then I love uh, Gary uh, Vanderchuk's, um, you know, books. He's got one, Crush It!, which was really good, which is kind of his original, which I think teaches three core principles, which is gratitude, which is kind of what you were talking about. I think that if you can start your day grateful that you're here – grateful that you have this opportunity, grateful that you live in America, you know what I mean? Grateful that you have opportunities, grateful that, you know, whatever, your family's healthy or you're, 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 you have a roof over your head, or whatever it is, just grateful. Uh, and then have self-awareness is, is a second uh, key to that. Understanding who you are. If you're not somebody that, that, that can manage and lead people, but you crush it with sales, you crush it with doing deals, just do deals. Not everybody has to be the Robert Kiyosaki box of self-employed, investor, business owner, the whole thing. Just understand who you are and, and be happy that way because I see a ton of people that are so talented and they're crushing it and they get big checks. And then all of a sudden they start hiring people and all of a sudden they start just, you know, the the, 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 the lights in their eyes go out and they're just kind of wandering around just like, oh, what did I do, right? They're so stressed out. They're worried about what other people are doing. They're almost like, you know, just, just looking around, looking over their shoulder, making sure, whatever. So just self-awareness, right? And then um, the last one is really just the patience in this business, having patience and just getting the work done. It's a law of cause and effect, right? If you keep putting these calls, if you keep taking action, there's gonna be things that happen and celebrate those small little wins. If you're just starting out, going and getting the Driving for Dollars app is a win. Absolutely. Going out and getting in your car and turning it on is a win. Driving down a neighborhood, seeing a rough property, putting a pin in it is a win. Getting the phone number is a win. Calling them is a win. You know, it's not just a win is just a big check at the end of the day. That's built from all these small wins. So as you're starting up. Don't get, have the patience enough to know that you need all these small little wins before you can, you can get to the payoff, which is, which is phenomenal in our business.
0: It keeps you from getting overwhelmed too. Someone from the outside looks at you, you got your acquisitions people, you got your lead manager, everything's just fired up, you know, working great. Keeping you from getting overwhelmed at that and just focusing on the little wins. I mean, that's huge because it's easy to get overwhelmed by this. There's a lot of gray area in it so for sure
1: and there's a lot of times when it's really tough and there's a lot of you know obstacles and hurdles and you talked about mentorship mentorship to me is you know i really it's it's without a doubt a fact that you are you are pulled up you're you're repotted like this plant into a bigger pot when you're around people that do more than agree more so you you can instantly have that by getting a mentor you can instantly get that from joining like a community of people that are all killing it in a in, in a certain program. You can instantly have it. You don't have to like people are like, I don't know any millionaires, I don't know anybody that knows anything about real estate investing or wholesaling or anything. Yeah, you do. Just go online. <laughs> Just go online, find one that fits with your personality and that you think that'll really work for you. And 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 invest in yourself. You know exactly. what I mean?
0: Like absolutely. There's you know. more out there than you know. I mean, you see you you guys, because you're yeah. in the spotlight everywhere, but there's there's millionaire investors in every single market in the entire country that'd be more over. than happy with young, some young, hungry son of a bitch, mm-hmm. they will tell them everything and they just yep. go out and work for them for free. Yep. And that's how you do it. Yep. I mean that's the key.
1: That's it. So, you know, it's uh, yeah, I think the right people, uh, having self-awareness, patience, and gratitude. Uh, understanding the five um, stratos- stratospheric laws of success that are in the go-giver and understanding people's personality types. And boom. I mean, you know, we're not, we're not building rockets here.
0: Nope.
1: <laughs> we're not building <laughs> rockets.
0: All right, Brett. Brett, I really, really want to thank you. I know you're busy as hell for taking the time out of your day to to come on here. That was a great conversation. I got everything I wanted with the mindset and everything to do with your wholesaling business. And most importantly, step by step for how someone can literally start today yeah. if they wanted to. Yeah. Um, thanks for providing so much value.
1: You um, really My appreciate pleasure. it. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Yes, sir. Yep.